This is Southeast Asia Crossroads, an educational podcast from the Center for Southeast Asian Studies at Northern Illinois University. In this episode, Eric Jones and Catherine Raymond hear from Austin-based artist Judy Jensen and her unique project to restore reverse glass temple paintings in Northern Thailand. Well, welcome everyone to another edition of Southeast Asia Crossroads. Uh, I'm your host, Eric Jones, and with me in uh, studio is artist uh, Judy Jensen. Uh, Welcome. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Uh, Also on microphone is uh, Catherine Raymond, director of the Center for Burma Studies. Uh, Bonjour. Bonjour. Glad to have uh, glad to have you all here and uh, and to really talk about what is really an- another chapter in uh, for those uh, podcast enthusiasts. We have quite the uh, we have I I'm going to go on a limb and say we have the world's longest series of of podcasts on reverse glass painting. I think this is three now. Okay. Uh, so go back and listen to those earlier episodes. You can hear a bit about what's going on. But uh, t- today we have a really interesting take on it, which is um, um, a practitioner of reverse glass painting, uh, Judy, who is also um, sort of deeply involved with uh, uh, some of the uh, restoration work going on in in Northern Thailand. So again, we're, we're excited to, to, to hear about that. Uh, maybe for the listener, give us a sense of, of your, a bit of your profile as an, as an artist and, and how you got into this reverse glass world. Well, I started uh, working as a professional etcher in a stained glass studio, and I also did stained glass work that was more my art form than than commercial etching, which I was doing. And I'd start with the drawing, and then whether I could execute my vision of it was completely dependent on the availability of the colors of glass that I wanted for it, so I started painting on glass. The leading process was so tedious to me that at some point I had a, a, an idea that I should just eliminate the lead line, so to speak, and work instead as painting on glass. And so that's what I started doing. And that's on, but that's on the front of glass. That Is was on the the back of glass because the when you paint on the back of glass, it has a luminous quality that you wouldn't see if you painted on the front surface of glass. So, so in like a cathedral, some of the some of the the, the mixture of stained glass, and it's so it's reverse glass that is in some of those dramatic European um, classic mm. forms, or not? That is that is fired enamel okay. on glass, and it doesn't really matter which which side you look at because of the transparency okay. on that. And with what I do. It's completely opaque when it's finished on one side. So it's you view it, you start out with with the details and the highlights and and then then build up from foreground back to background, then flip it over and view it through the front surface of the glass. And the back side is completely opaque and the front side is transparent. So it hangs on the wall like yeah. any other painting. How did you prepare the glass to last for a long time? Well, it's, um, I suppose it's a debate about exactly how long it will last, but, but they seem to be holding up. 
I, I do, uh, I spray with a layer of dull lacquer first to give it enough of a tooth that I can draw on it. And I add layers of dull lacquer in between each layer of color that I add so that I can work with pigments like an artist would on an oil painting. Because one thing that always, that I felt w was lacking in many of the paintings that I'd seen, at least as, as, uh, as goes for me artistically, was that they tend to be a little bit flat and a little cartoonish. So I wanted mm. to be able to, to build a painting that had more depth. So I, I, have a, I have a friend that does some reverse glass painting, and as I look at his stuff and then look at some of the, through, through Catherine, some of these like beautiful pieces that she's brought in, it, like the, it seems like really unforgiving and like the, 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 <laughs> the, the, the planning, right? Like you have to like, you have oh, yes. to know right like from the beginning. I Is start, that, yes, I start with the drawing. Always, because the the thing about reverse paint on glass is that you can't paint over a mistake because your correction won't be visible. So starting with a drawing is the best way to avoid having to to correct something. So is that is that is that uh, like maybe comforting as an artist that you're kind of locked in? Uh, you 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 kind of can focus in on, or is it is it? It must be very different than some of the other, than doing it in on an oil on canvas or something. Well, you know, in, on the one hand, uh, yes, that's true. There's times when I, when I thought, I'd really like to repaint this whole area of the painting, but I'd have to scrape it down to the glass <laughs> to do it. But then I have right. friends who are oil painters who seem to never complete a painting. Right. That they'll they'll bring. In fact, one artist that gave me a painting kept asking to borrow it back because he wanted to add <laughs> a little bit more to it. Yeah. So in in that you know in that way I think I'm kind of lucky. So as the as the art historian I I you know again and as a historian myself I'm hesitant to just am, assume that the my an, their ancestors would think about it the way I do but is, can we say that some of the allure of the um, reverse glass painting is it well it's it's beautiful but it, it has this um, the the luminous kind of the bright quality that almost self-lit in a in, in a way that a I guess what do you I'm interested to hear both of you what do you think the attraction for the viewer of reverse class because there there is one is, is it that that it's I, I definitely, I think it's that. In fact, there's been a lot of discussion about the seductive nature of glass, that, that it is so beautiful as a material that the beauty of it can, can in some ways outweigh the art artistic merit of some pieces of glass produced. So I think there is definitely that. And you add this word of merit, and I think within Southeast Asia, or at least within the Buddhist uh, world of uh, mainland Southeast Asia, the quality uh, of a reverse glass painting, painting behind, in this darker place of the temples, really mm. was adding to the merit-making, the beauty, which was really reflecting the very little light going through the temple, and and I imagine on the one hand it's it's uh, you know glass is is fragile, and as you'll you'll talk about that that it's really the fragility and the breakability that led you to some of these some of this work. But but uh, on the other hand, thinking of what 
um, you know, I've seen like in the archive what 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 time in the tropics due to documents and and to like the the the, yes. it, the the reverse glass is is a natural barrier or it it it, it would have somebody in, a, in an open walled lot uh you know it's those paintings might last longer than am i wrong about that or yes and no yeah that's right that's <laughs> as long as they don't have an earthquake they go well, and and in the particular temple that i've been working in it's you know, it's an alfresco temple, pretty much. It's open all the time, and it gets quite cold there at nights in the winter, so they have extremes of temperature and no climate control. Yeah. So that is that will not help because glass itself doesn't really expand and contract like other materials do, but paint does and wood does. Uh, yeah. So it tends to flake. And okay. so it's really rare to find very, very old reverse glass painting with this technique older than, I will say, I'm not even sure the 17th century are around yeah. on this type. In the temple, we know they are from the 19th century with uh, around Southeast Asia, mainland Southeast Asia. They are from, at the most, the 19th century. So, so you you're, you're an artist, and you start your you, know, you find reverse glass as this kind of compelling um, motif and and uh, sort of work work platform. How do how do we get to uh, how do we get to Southeast Asia? How do we get to uh, uh, Mehong Sun and Northern Thailand? Well, Thai Airways was my first. <laughs> <laughs> we could enter in a rim shot there, like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yes, I'd, I'd read in a guidebook about I, uh, my husband and I were visiting Thailand for the first time, and I'd read in a guidebook about a collection of 19th century reverse Burmese paintings. And you were already doing it yourself. You'd already been doing it reverse class yourself as a painter. Oh, yes, yeah, for, yeah. for yeah. quite a while. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, and it seemed like it was definitely worth a visit. And it was off the beaten track, which made it a little bit more interesting to go there. And so that's what led me there, and I was floored by the expressiveness of the paintings in Wat Chong Klong. So, um, Catherine, Judy, give us give us a sense in time and space of of where Mehong Son and and where where this capital is out there on the edge of Thailand. So Mehong Son is at the border between uh, Thailand, uh, west of Thailand and east of Burma, close to Shan States, which is already a kind of isolated place in a way. Um, Thai speaking uh, language. So it's a, a very particular place. Um, it's a very rich place in the 19th century when the British took over and colonized the whole area uh, for the teak wood, which was really useful during the colonial time. And because of that, and because the British needed this wood for their whole uh, cheap industries and their architecture, um, it um, became a center of uh, exploitation of the wonderful teak forest around. Uh, on the Thai side, it was part of the Lamna, the former kingdom in northern Thailand, which was uh, under annexed under the protection of the king of Thailand only at the beginning of the 20th century. So this area was very special. They were rich merchants, 
And because of that, they were able to build these beautiful uh -huh. uh, Buddhist temples. One for protecting against uh, the rage of the spirit of the wood, the teak wood. They need they to make some merits. Uh. They needed to, they, <laughs> and they also needed to have temples for the local community who were moving to this area while they were okay. exploiting the forest. Interesting. So it's this. It's it's right in these borderlands between you know classic uh, upland Burma Burma and and Thailand, um, and it's this. Uh, most of both of you have spent a significant amount of attention on um, uh, Wat Chok Plung. Um, so uh, what's special about this temple? <laughs> Where do I start? Her face is everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Historically, it was for the community. It's from the early 19th century. It was a kind of pavilion for the pilgrims, for the uh, devotees. And uh, the Vachonklang was built in a second phase when one of the abbot died and they needed to rebuild and transform this pavilion into a temple in uh, uh, late 19th century to welcome a new abbot, a new monk coming from Shan State, so from Burma. But visually, that's vis your call. Visually, it's... <laughs> It is overwhelmingly beautiful. The paintings in there are, so I refer to them frequently as lively and bold because they really are. They're so, they're so gestural. They're so active, and they're so interesting. The way they're, the composition is, is, in a way, it's minimal and elegant. And I have never seen anything like that. It, it for those maybe who's who've seen lots of uh, Theravada temples around mainland Southeast Asia, they they might be familiar with these these beautiful murals, kind of big big scale, oh, big they, big scale yes. on 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 the on the wall. And what what seems to be unique about uh, Chongqing is these it's it has some of that, but it has these beautiful um, uh, these partitions, these tiles, glass painting tiles, just floor to ceiling around uh, the whole kind of all the wall space and it's this uh, it just gives a dramatic kind of approach that I haven't seen either it's like a portable mural yeah you know it, it could be that's how it got there in pieces and it was because it was uh, in wood and so there were no flat wall like uh -huh. in brick temples or stone temples. So they had to create this partition of um, square kind of welcoming pan of flat sheet of glass. And uh, so that was easy to carry. And it was also kind of easy to also install within the temples. And the tradition of the mural paintings is very ancient. Uh, from the 5th century, we see that in India, and of course, 12th century, we see that in Burma, and very, very popular until the uh, 19th century. Is it is it wrong for me to think that uh, uh, a pilgrim or a patron of the temple might, in, in the same way that you might buy some gold leaf and fix it, like the the the, the small were they were they supporting like I want to support the next piece of piece of art, like uh, you know, like because it. It's going to be done in, you know, in I don't know how many hundred um, panels there are. 
How many are there? Do we well, we knew originally there were 200 because we have number one and number 100 for two series of uh, narratives for the life of Buddha and the previous life of Buddha. Okay. Uh, and so we knew there were 200 at the, at the beginning. So these two um, series of narratives were originally painted widely on the walls from the 12th century onward to the 19th century on the, the brick um, yeah. temples. But rarely we saw that on a wooden temple, which was the case uh, for various reasons in Vachonklang. So Vachonklang sort of captures your imagination when you we go and visit now, um, we're going to get into some of your your work and actually helping restore it. So that that, that first visit, did you um, uh, did you walk away thinking, okay, I I, I want to help do something with it, or or is it just the 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 idea of the temple, the reverse glass stayed with you? Well, on the first visit, the paintings were in better shape than on my second visit five years later, and that's when I started thinking that I could help. With it, you mean it, it, it struck you that these could be these could be permanently damaged if we don't if we're not helping? Yes, you saw and, the change, and, and the damage was so extensive that walking into the temple, I think, and looking at the paintings, the first impression was one of breakage. Instead of being able to see the stories, it, it was it was more uh, a look at all this damage to the mm. paintings, and they were so beautiful. I it just grew in my mind as something that I really wanted to do. And, and this was this was earthquake damage that, that, uh, it that was, broke well, most of them? It was, well, earthquake damage, and I think the, uh, there, you know, there is always um, cli climate damage to them, too, with the, the paint peeling off and popping off. So it was in worse condition when I saw it five years later. So, so your, what, what year was your second visit? 2005. So 2005, you go back, they're in trouble. And then so you decide, um, you, had, you had mentioned, you showed some beautiful people that Thailand had already started to infuse your, your, some, of your, some of your art, right? It had entered yes. your, your kind of regular. Yes, but I was still, I was still caught up in, in the mainstream art world of exhibiting, doing commissions. And I was starting to find that, especially exhibiting, less and less fulfilling because the mainstream art world can be soul-sucking in a way. And I was detached from the gallery that I showed at in New York. So so it, yeah. it felt like, I don't even know how to describe it. Go to New York, go to the opening, go back home. The My work's gone. And <laughs> what, what have I been working on this for, you know, an yeah. entire year for, except money, when I would get the check at the end of the show. And it just, it wasn't enough. So you want to do something different, and so you saw your opportunity. Did you, um, so tell us tell us what happened. So the second visit, you decide, to, did you did you talk to people locally? How did that, how did that unfold? The second visit was just when I got the, the germ of the idea. Okay. But I was so busy with these other things that I had commissions, I think, at that point. But I kept, my brain kept going back there. So it wasn't until, I think, seven years after the first time I'd seen the paintings that, no, it was seven years after I saw the damage 
to them that I realized that and recognized that no one was going to do this if I didn't do it. So then it, it became more yeah. of an imperative to me. So, so you, you returned to the temple and you decided to donate your your services. Did that seem like it was at a, was at a kind of a, a spur of the moment? How, how did, uh, uh, where did that eureka moment hit you? Well, it came, the re- eureka moment came in an Italian restaurant in Little Rock, Arkansas. Okay. <laughs> as one does about uh, as, Thai, as Northern happens. Thai art restoration. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, admittedly, we had had a little wine to drink, but but it just burst out of my mouth that that was what I really wanted to do. And I don't think Emil, my husband, necessarily took me seriously <laughs> at that point. But then when I started sending out emails and contacting people about it, he realized that, that and I, I have this, when there's something I really want to do, I have this strong sense of determination that I will not be pushed aside from it. So okay. I just went after it. So 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 what happens next? In my project, yeah, to 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 help restore the the temple panels. Uh, the next part of the story, yeah. Ah, so, <laughs> so, so then I went and offered um, my services to the to the monk in charge of the paintings, and he was interested in having me help. But I thought I needed to approach uh, the Thai government, the Fine Arts Department, and a friend of mine there made an appointment. Uh, for me to see the person who was the uh, the provincial head of provincial cultural arts, and she stood me up. Mm, okay. So I went I went back home, but I was still planning to do it, and I started you know making contacts with people. I thought I thought what I needed to do was to bring the the 19th century works home with me, so I'd have them as a necessary visual reference, so I could accurately match the shapes and the colors. And I thought, I'll need the, the Thai Fine Arts Department approval for this. I met um, the Thai trade ambassador to China uh, almost immediately after I got back home, and he swore he would help me. I put together a proposal for him. Uh, he met with a, a collector of mine who was the uh, CEO of Python Energy in Indonesia, and he met uh, the Thai trade ambassador met with my friend Ron, in Jakarta to discuss my project. And Ron reported back to me that even with Cornel Baranzi on board, yeah. that it would not be a slam dunk. And I understood that because I was- Moving cultural artifacts. Yes, be, out of the yeah. country, not wanting money. You know, it just sounds really <laughs> suspicious when you think about it. <laughs> right, what is she really up to? Yeah. And and you mentioned, of course, the like the, this is not infrequent, but uh, uh, sort of natural flooding and, you know, uh, they're they're up to their eyeballs, trying to trying to keep keep other works of art from being destroyed and submerged, and so yeah, lots I, of things occupying. Ayutthaya, the UNESCO World Heritage Site, sustained significant damage during that. So of course, their money and attention would would go to places like Ayutthaya, and and Wachonglong, I don't think was even on the map for them at all. So you 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 decided like like I'm not gonna I don't I'm not asking the Thai government or the temple or the abbot for for money but of course it takes it it takes money to do this yeah uh, the, yes. the, it, it, it's not it's not something that can be done uh, for free so uh, 
how how do you get how do you get from uh, the the germ of the idea that I'm going to donate my services to actually uh, tell us about the, the your crowdfunded support? Well, I I decided to use a crowdfunding platform, Kickstarter, and I wrote out and you know a short narrative of what I plan to do, and I posted it online with things that I could sell, prints and and um, paintings, that sort of thing. And there was this outpouring of support for me that I, I could not have imagined from yeah. people that, dear friends and friends. People who are already familiar with your art and but completely new a people. Lot of, yeah. A lot of them were, some was from friends and friends, that people that had no connection to me whatsoever. Yeah. So it was really, it was humbling and and incredible to me to be the recipient of this kind of support and generosity. So you get this crowdfunded support um, from from friends who maybe who know your art. Or, um, what uh, tell us about tell us about Thailand? It uh, it starts being interested in your project as well. Well, the I had met um, the owner of Fern Resort in Mehongson uh, at the the Rice Terrace Bar there one night on our second trip to Thailand, and he gave me his his email address. And so, I mean, I feel like it was really forward of me in a way to approach him in 2011 and say, I don't know if you remember me, but, you know, this is who I am yeah. and here's my website and I want to come to Mehongson and replace the damaged paintings. And he got back right back in touch with me and he gave me his full support just he is such a sweet and wonderful man and he is he's been there through this entire thing adding support in every single way that he can i i imagine for you both have gotten you've all gotten to know some of the uh some of the city and some of the the surrounding area is that is that uh this is an important this is an important place for the people around uh Zon, is it not it it is in a way it has it is part of the I think the spiritual heart of the city. Um, I don't think it was necessarily that highly regarded in a way as a as a cultural site by the people the way that the Watchong yeah. Kam is which is is right next to it because Watchong Kam was a royal wat that uh, um, the king had visited at one point. Okay. And Watchung Klong did not have that designation. So, so it's so it's it's a local favorite, and that that must have played maybe into some of the uh, this 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 local businessman like hey here's someone who's I'm sure taking it, an interest who's caring about the things that we actually care I'm about sure locally. It did. Yeah. 
And the design uh, of the temple, not being a royal temple viewed as uh, ranked number one, two, or three like it is in Thailand, uh, was viewed uh, more Burmese and accepted mm -hmm. also um, this merit-making uh, artwork on the walls to be really the residence of the abbot coming to serve the Shan community and the Buddhist community. Uh, who were okay. working on the exploitation. Because where the uh, reverse glass painting are, they are around the abbot room, the special uh, sacred area within the temple, just limited to these three walls surrounded the abbot's room. So it's very special, it's really kind of unique. And this is where the Shan people coming from different parts of uh, Meong San area are coming and they speak in Chan. Yeah. Okay. So it's so it's this uh, also um, some of the upland minority uh, folks. It's a, it's a it obviously patronizes their their religious journey as well. Um, the the we encourage people to go to go on to go online and, and search these out. We have a wonderful exhibit uh, now of, 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 of these reverse glass paintings in uh, in our own Altgelt uh, uh, museum. Uh, but the 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 colors are are really of the originals are really kind of they're they're really beautiful and, and interesting and unique. Uh, what what challenge? So you you said about like I'm an artist. I'm going to help. Um, remake and reimagine or restore uh, some of these some of these reverse class paintings what were some of the the color and other challenges in inherent in trying to do this well since I was unable to take the paintings home with me I had to be able to uh, to match every single area of color on every single painting that I was replacing so I got a I'm, I put together a book of color swatches of okay. some type of house paint and I brought them yeah. there and held them up to each area of color on each closest painting. to this the one closest yeah. to this one of course and none yeah. of them match so I'd have to take notes like use this kind of green but but add white and mute slightly and then try and take it from there using my memory pretty much of of yeah. the the subtle and earth type tones that that permeated the paintings, and probably just just photography alone doesn't doesn't do it justice in trying to. Well, photography has its limitations, you know, and it was it was hard to take good pictures in the temple because of the multiple yeah. light sources and the glass reflecting off glass there, and then the computer that you view them on has to be absolutely color correct to what's in the temple and yeah. mine was not so so I just <laughs> I just put it out there and did the best that I could and was really pleased that it works yeah and there's some really uh, we can put up a we can put up a link here in the in the description um, I assume can 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 people see you, you you did a great sort of before and after comparisons of some of the some of your work in are these are these viewable online? You know they're not viewable online right now. I don't have this on my website because I don't. I haven't considered this to be right. You haven't my commercialized this. In a way. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, we'll we'll we should talk about this. We should figure we'll, we'll figure a way at least. We're, one is go to go to. Uh, uh, Meung Son and and see these see these for yourself. 
Um, but uh, but yeah, they're 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 beautiful. So the so the the um, in some cases there were um, significant but but damage. The original you could sort of see, and in some of them they they were had been damaged and 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 completely um, redone um, in uh, by by shall we say someone who who wasn't as skilled as the original artists um, is that putting it nicely <laughs> that's put, that's putting it very diplomatically okay <laughs> it's not i mean it's not fully kind of beast jesus uh um kind of restoration but but <laughs> but but there but there's uh there's a, a kind of facile quality about oh yeah, the, yeah. I, I actually love those paintings that don't work in the temple <laughs> yeah. i love them well, and some of the crazy neon colors that they've chosen oh, yeah. for some of the, like... Um, but this is, uh, for an art historian point of view, these are very important because this sure. is part of the history of the temple. And when something uh, break, well, okay, what do you do? They were um, part of the merit making, so you are not going to order necessarily. So yeah. you do things because you don't like to have broken... Uh, artifacts in a temple. This is really bad luck. It's inauspicious. Yes, uh, Thai people are very suspicious about, mm-hmm. or not yes. suspicious, but superstitious about broken things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so right, so you need, you need to get something up there fast, so that's part of the story too. And we yes. might we might add, for those who, who are raising asterisks, uh, they haven't, <laughs> they haven't destroyed, they, none of those have been destroyed. They actually exist um, uh, behind the behind the panels that you've you've uh, yes reproduced I, right? I haven't actually done what would technically be called restoring right the work because I haven't touched yeah. the original works I've re- replaced the ones that needed to be replaced uh, so so the so the I mean and the, the the figures in the forms look look to my untrained eye really beautiful and um, and authentic and uh, and really, I think and I'm guessing on the ground, people were very pleased with the, was the the abbot and the and the uh, the wat were they they must have been very happy. They were happy. It, it, the abbot started smiling at me <laughs> <laughs> when you pulled the first one out. <laughs> no, it took a little longer than that. Yeah, <laughs> he's a hard nut to crack. <laughs> a good abbot would be. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> it's his job. To <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'm not gonna let you off easy. So, so but you've but you finally and you and uh, um, you had kind of great pictures of uh, of of a really a kind of generous sort of ceremony where they where they officially um, make these part of the temple. Yes, yes, it was it was a a giving ceremony, and it was just a wonderful wonderful day that I could never have anticipated as as a in my former existence yeah. as an artist showing in New York to think that my best experience would be this day in this temple. So you're saying you know, it was more never, satisfying than in New York it. Gallery. More, much more. <laughs> so you you had three different ceremonies every time you came back with artwork. Did they really put it together, this beautiful rob uh, offering you had? Um, every Every year up until the last couple years when I only brought a few paintings um, in 27, 2018 but there would always be some sort of a giving ceremony some sometimes large with uh, all the monks, all the novices and usually smaller with just a few of them and the abbot yeah. and every every one of them was very meaningful to me 
yeah, I, I, those those kinds of uh, outpouring of generous generosity are kind of humbling to to witness and to be in if you're lucky enough to be a part of one. Uh, so the so the the colors were difficult. Um, some of the some of the you 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 puzzled over some of the some of the some of the Burmese right some of the text. So tell us <laughs> tell us about that. Well, there there are um, Burmese alphabets available online and Burmese numbers <laughs> that you can print out from your computer. But nineteenth century Burmese, I'm guessing, doesn't represent twentieth uh, and twenty first century Burmese any more than then 19th century, you know, yeah. late during our lives. And the, ortho- the orthography is all represent, different. Yeah, yeah so, so there are a lot of embellishments on the 19th century Burmese. Um, I, you know, I, I, I studied the group consonants and the diacritical marks, and things did not look the same. So I, yeah. I tried my best, but that is where, where Catherine comes in. Yeah, if only there was a... Burma Center yeah, with the with the famous uh, art historian. Only. Like, <laughs> so how did how did how did you get involved, Catherine? I was uh, involved because um, at Northern Illinois University we have the Burma Art Collection, and within the Burma Art Collection, as I was writing the catalog of the collection, and I decided to have a chapter on reverse glass painting due to the number of uh, reverse glass painting we had. I was looking for the origin of this reverse glass painting. Uh, look around, no literature, few lines in Burmese chronicles, few lines in footnotes, and that's it. And uh, so I started asking around. Uh, I knew uh, through this guidebook um, written in Thailand and uh, um, according to the legend, it was this reverse glass painting exists. But I didn't have a chance to visit it before 2014. By the time I had the chance of checking online and checking uh, within bibliography and, and so on, and I saw um, the the link with uh, your website looking for some funding for that. And I said, wow, that's really fantastic. So I enter into a conversation with Judy and we, of course, through this wonderful interaction, we started exchanging. And as soon as we started exchanging, I learned quite a lot about this uh, superb, unique repository of... uh, 200 or now 180 um, reverse glass painting. So every time they were difficulty to read the caption or to reproduce the caption, we were exchanging by email. I remember the one Sunday night I was working on the preparation of uh, of a class and I received this email and uh, yeah, I just <laughs> wrote it <laughs> and said, okay, this is a meaning. And uh, then with my Burmese students, we created a website for which we translated and wrote down in modern script, mm. uh, Burmese script, uh, and the fo- translation with f- high, highly photographed by Alan Potkin, my husband. And uh, we had this uh, project. Uh, and so the website is nearly done. All the photos are online only for 
very small circle of specially sensitive the publication. So, so, so in, 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 in modern Burmese script, you can see next to the... Yeah, the underneath, well, uh, Julie can explain to you how she has been using it because uh, we had different entry of the origin, but also the story and the different part of the story. We organize in different ways. So you can see the panels, you can see the walls, you can see each individual yeah. uh, reverse glass painting and the translation of the caption telling you the two stories depicted on the walls. And I was so grateful for that, just to, just to see the Burmese text in print so I didn't have to guess at what the letters were. <laughs> Yeah, it can be it can be it can be difficult even if it's in a sort of modern and you know each each generation. Well, it's it's yeah. hard. I think it's hard just reading some people's handwriting. Well, this was that, and it's uh, uh, also the fact uh, few of them were broken, so that means disjointed. Yeah. And so for somebody who doesn't know how to read and and write Burmese, it became really a challenge because. You cannot really read it if you don't know. And I was challenged, and I work with Soyaso Toon on different aspects because it's a 19th century uh, script. And uh, that's easy to read, but it's not always easy to understand. And so the 19th century is very clear in, if you read uh, the captions. They are very short, they are numbered, so you have to learn the number in Burmese, but also the text from the 19th century. So, so these 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 interests come together. In I'll put in a little plug for uh, for your get. What did you think of the What did you think of the the exhibit? Um, oh, I, I loved it. I loved it. It's so, wonderful. So they've replicated a, a, a wall of the temple um, with uh, with the, the panels and the and the framing. It was a project with the uh, museum, the Graduate Museum Study Certificate we have uh, at NIU, and the students with uh, Peter Van Hel, the coordinator and responsible of the program, uh, just had the idea of creating a fake wall, and we printed um, uh, 55 copies and. Uh, telling the stories and install like the wall of one of the walls of the temples. So it's creating, you can go online and we'll put it uh, probably on the website with the original. Uh, are are, are you two some of the first hits if you put a Burmese reverse glass painting? I'm, <laughs> well, I'm guessing. I, have, I haven't done a search yeah, yeah. for that myself, but interesting question. I'm guessing it's on, it's, it's an early result. Uh, yeah, and so um, what's 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 in store for the future? Do you think do you see um, Southeast Asia, Thailand uh, continuing to infuse your artwork? I you know I have no idea what's in store for the future. I'm just waiting to see how it sorts out. I haven't really thought past this project because it's been all absorbing to me. Yeah. So I I don't know. I'm just willing to see what suggests itself to me after this. Well, um, on behalf of the center, I'd like to thank you for coming in and for talking to us and for, especially for your work on the, on Mae Hong Son. Thank oh, you. Thank you so much for having me. Okay. Thank you. Bye -bye. <laughs>
Crossroads would like to thank Joe Kinzer for today's music and Jimmy for production assistance. 谢谢您的收听，我们下次再见。